Good morning and welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. We're thrilled that you've chosen to work with us, worship with us this morning. If you are visiting with us, you'll find a card that looks like this on the back of the pew in front of you. We would ask that you would fill that out so that we may be able to contact you and have connection with you, meet your needs, invite you to all the things that are involved with being a part of Calvary. And we hope you will do that and put it in the offering plate a little later. I sensed a lot of joy as I came into the room, and that's what we are extending our thinking about today, the joy of living a life of gratitude. We want to do that as we worship, we want to do that as we leave this building, but right now we want to do that as we sing this wonderful hymn. Join us as we sing together. Free from sin, 
Join me as we pray together. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices, whose wondrous things have done in whom our songs rejoice, who gave the church its birth and blessed it through the years with countless gifts of love and grace for every tear. And so for the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Christ to thee we raise, this our prayer of grateful praise. For the wonder of each hour of the day and of the night, for the hill and vale and tree and flower, for sun and moon and stars of light. Christ to thee we raise, this our prayer of grateful praise. For the joy of human life, brother, sister, parent, child, friends on earth and friends above, for our gentle thoughts and mild. For the church that evermore lifts holy hands above, offering upon every shore her pure sacrifice of love. Alleluia, alleluia, we thank you, Lord. In the holy name of Christ above, I lift this prayer for all that are here today. Amen and amen. Of my heart, and you love me the same. You are amazing. 
reading from the book of prophet Malachi. Will anyone rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how are we robbing you in your tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you, so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. A reading from the second epistle to the Corinthians. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you've made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. This morning, we're all going to join in singing some rounds. We thought it would be uh, fun today and a great way to express our gratitude by singing those. If you look around today, you notice that our attendance is a little bit down, that uh, people are on vacation and we're not quite as full as we usually are. So what that says for us is we all have to join in and give wholeheartedly, okay? So make it, do your part and part of someone else's, okay? The first one of these, I think we all know. Hmm. 
Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice with me. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So every time we're going to repeat every line, okay? Repeat every line. Remember that. Now we're going to really take a big risk here and sing in three parts. Okay. I think what we're going to do is just let this be part one. We've got strong singers over here. Yes, we do. I see you. We've got it covered in the middle and then this group. All right, so um, Sherry sing with that group. Go Kenny, team. Karen sing with the middle, and you guys handle the last group, okay? We'll do all the way through. Everybody stand here. They'll sing better if we stand. Rejoice in the Lord. Here we go. You're going to repeat every line, okay? Remember this. One, two, group one. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Group two, come in now. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Group three, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Okay, good. What we didn't figure out is how to stop this thing. Okay, we'll do that on the next one. The next one is short and simple. For health and strength and daily food, we praise thy name, O Lord. For health and strength and daily food, we praise your name, O Lord. Okay, I learned an old version. Now sing out. Let's not just use the mic, people. Everybody sing out. Ready? One more time. Ready and go. For health and strength and daily food, we praise your name, O Lord. We'll do three parts, so it's... For health and strength, for health and strength, for health. So no time for being slow, okay? Group one, ready, go. For health and strength, for health and strength, for health and strength and days of food, we praise your name, O Lord. For health and strength and days and strength and days of food, we praise your name, O Lord. health and strength and days and strength and days of Yeah, that sounded great. Okay, the last one is a little more complicated because it has more words. So it goes like this. Praise and thanksgiving let everyone bring unto our Father for every good thing. All together joyfully sing. All together now. Ready and sing. Praise and thanksgiving let everyone bring unto our Father for every good thing. All together joyfully sing. One more time before we do the round again. Praise and thanksgiving let everyone bring unto our Father for every good thing. All together. 
faithfully seen. If you miss a few words, so be it, okay? Don't go for perfection, go for participation. All right, here we go. Group one, it'll get a little wordy here in the middle. Ready, group one. Praise and thanksgiving, let everyone Group two. Praise and thanksgiving, let everyone breathe. Group three. Praise and thanksgiving, let everyone breathe. Unto the Father, every good seeds. All together, everyone breathes. Fall on I think we got a little off. Let's start the last verse, okay? And let's go for a home run here. May we all go, group one. May we all go for me sharing God's love. May we all go May we all go from here sharing God's love. Help us together, short victory sing. All together, joyfully sing. Okay, thank you. Great job. Be seated. All right. At this time, children, please join us in the front. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Feel free and sit wherever right here. I'm just going to stand right here. Good morning. Well, what holiday did we just celebrate this week? Thanksgiving. Yes, good job. Hand raised. All right. Um, Thanksgiving, yes. So in our family, we usually get together with family and friends. We um, eat some turkey. Some people don't eat turkey. We do. Um, and we uh, laugh. We eat. We play. And at some point, usually in the day, we take a moment to talk about what we're thankful for. Um, what does it mean to be thankful? Anybody have an idea? Yes, to be grateful for something that maybe you have that other people don't have. So being thankful means to be appreciative, to be grateful, to be filled with thanks. Um, so let's look at this donut that Blake has. Hmm. Now Blake could say, Oh my goodness, why does this donut have a hole in it? <laughs> or instead, he could be thankful and say, Look at this amazing ring of delicious goodness I get to enjoy. <laughs> That's usually what we say in our home. Um, so it's important to be thankful. So being thankful is taking time to say thanks for what you do have instead of what we don't have, right? So it's also important as Christians to take time in our day to just notice what am I thankful for and to praise God for that. So we want to take a moment this morning, I'm going to maybe share the mic with a couple of folks, to hear from you, what is something that you're thankful for this year in your life? And just raise your hand and I'll come to you. 
tailgating with my friends. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Good job. You said loved ones. You're thankful for loved ones? My family. Yeah. My friends and family. My dog. Yes. Anybody else want to share one more? My house. Right, yeah. So we have a lot to be thankful for, right, when we really take time to look around. But it's important for us to remember to praise God for that. Um, later in the service, we'll hear from others in our church that what they're thankful for as well. So let's bow our heads and pray together. God, we're so thankful that you love us all the time, no matter what we do and no matter who we are. God, we're thankful for this reminder this morning to take time to look around and see all that we have to give thanks for. And we ask that you give us the strength to remind us during our day to give praise to you for those things that we are thankful for. We pray this in your name. Amen. Fillows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, angels, one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your many blessings, one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your many blessings, Name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. with their lands and gold. Think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy. Your reward in heaven, know your home on high. Count your many blessings, sing them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your many blessings, Name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you till your journey's end. Count your many blessings, sing them 
As Mallory told us a few moments ago, we're going to take a few moments now for you to count your blessings, for you to share some things that you're grateful for. Perhaps by the time you get to this Sunday, you've already shared your blessings and you've already told somebody what you're grateful for. And maybe you did that on Thanksgiving or maybe you did that some other time, but you haven't done it here. And uh, let's take a moment now to uh, say, what are we grateful for? Raise your hand if you would share uh, a moment of gratitude with all of us. Because I'll call on you if you don't raise your hands, but raising your hand would be a good thing. Okay, Kathy. Extended family. Okay, all right. Thank you. Yes, okay. Here we go. Tailgating. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yes. I dream to come to America for 17 years. On the 17th year, I get the visa to come here. Thank you, God. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I am thankful that my car has lasted this long and chocolate. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Good friends. I'm thankful to God for being a member of Calvary. Okay. All right, back here to Eva. I want to thank Jesus for everything he's done for me. And Jesus is still doing a lot of miracles in this world. I want to thank Jesus for coming to Calvary. I love Calvary, and I love all my brothers and sisters. Amen. Thank you. All right, Brad. We're thankful for being back in Waco and thankful to be back here at Calvary. Thanks. I'm thankful for this church and all of my friends here. Amen. I'm thankful for my health. Thanks be to God. Yes. To Ruana. I'm thankful that my sister and I are the oldest living females in the Robinson family. My niece informed me of that. I said, thanks for sharing. Okay. <laughs> but you're so young, Ruana. <laughs> All right. Somebody else. Uh, I know we had somebody down here. Anybody? Jarek? Um, I'm thankful for the gift of music. Thank you. Yes. I'm thankful for missions, especially children's missions, and I'm thankful for linguistics, and I'm thankful for Baylor. Okay, Becca. I am very thankful for a wonderful youth minister. All right, thank you. Sorry, I got the name wrong. Anybody else? Okay, I know there are lots of thankful, there's lots of thankfulness in your hearts and so many other things, but thank you to those of you who shared. I'm so inspired by your moments of gratitude, and they remind me of uh, things for which I can be thankful. 
Thank you all. Let's sing together. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. God, we are mindful this morning of the abundance that is in this very room. And we say thank you. God, it's fun to offer thanksgiving with glad and joyful hearts and laughter. And for those things, we say thank you. Um, Sometimes there are moments in our life that we, we can't understand or explain, but they formed us into the people that you have created us to be. And for those moments and those experiences, we too say thank you. God, we want to be a thankful people who live and give wholeheartedly out of the abundance that you have given us. And now, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. O Lord, we are thankful because you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and the next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. And then I'm coming back here to go to college and to see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges miles long. At least that's what the young George Bailey says he's going to do in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And yet every time that he is about to get started on making his wild and beautiful dreams come true, something happens that causes him to put his dreams on the back burner. For instance, George is about to leave on a trip to Europe. He's finally going to see the world when his father passes away unexpectedly. And George postpones his travel plans in order to sort out his family's business at Bailey Brothers Building and Loan. And so when he makes a speech to the board about why the building and loan desperately needs to stay in business in the town of Bedford Falls, the board agrees, but only if George will stay in town and run it. So then he postpones his dream of going to college and lets his younger brother go ahead of him. And then on George's wedding day, when he and his wife Mary are on their way out of town on their honeymoon, 
Panic sets in to Bedford Falls as the stock market crashes, and the whole town rushes to the bank to take out their money. And so George and Mary rush in to help, using their own honeymoon savings to keep the bank and the town afloat. But then everything comes to a head one Christmas Eve when George's uncle has misplaced $8,000 of the building and loans cash funds. And losing that money would mean bankruptcy for the family business and criminal charges for George. But when he is at his very lowest point, an angel named Clarence shows up to help. And when George returns home that night, his wife Mary rushes up to him and says, George, a miracle has happened. And moments later, Uncle Billy and practically the whole town of Bedford Falls pour into his house with buckets and baskets and bowls of money to help George and his family out. There are childhood friends, family members, police officers, and his high school principal, and they come one by one. Even Mr. Martini comes with a mixing bowl full of money and says that he busted into his jukebox in his restaurant to get out all the change inside. Another man lays down his money and says, I wouldn't have a roof over my head if it weren't for you, George. Even the bank examiner makes a donation. And then as the camera pounds out, people are still pouring into the Bailey house. George's daughter is playing Old Lang Syne on the piano, and the room just erupts into singing. And then my favorite part, the little bell on the Christmas tree rings, signaling that Clarence the angel did his job, because as George's daughter reminds us, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. And George looks up and says, boy, Clarence, boy," And he is just so completely overwhelmed in that moment because he finally realizes that even though life hasn't turned out at all like he had expected, it really has been a wonderful life. It is one of my all-time favorite scenes in a Christmas movie and maybe in any movie I actually pulled it up on my laptop this week while I was working on my sermon at Starbucks, and I got weepy there just watching this YouTube clip of it, which led to several awkward glances from people who were sitting nearby. But I think what gets me weepy about this scene is that it's just this pure picture of absolute joy. And maybe I associate it with the joy of Christmas Eve, which is when I always watched it as a young girl growing up. It's the kind of joy that you wish you could just bottle up and pull out on a hard day. But especially for a movie that was set during the Great Depression, a movie in which practically every scene involves the stressfulness and the scarcity of money, it's all the more significant that the movie would end with this scene in which people are freely and even joyfully giving away their money. And I was, as I was preparing this sermon, I couldn't think of a better picture of the joy of generosity than that scene. 
Last week, we began a worship series here at Calvary on the generous undertakings that we read about in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Paul writes to them about the generosity of the Macedonians, who, although they are poor, have actually given beyond their means. And then he says that he wants the Corinthians to do likewise. Now, as you excel in everything, he says, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in eagerness, and in love, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking, in giving of your finances. Now, last week I made a disclaimer that I want to make again today, because I realized that talking about money can be hard and complicated and messy, We all have different amounts of money, and there are probably as many different views about money as there are people in this room today. How much to save, how much to spend, how much to give. And I'm sure that we have all been in settings in which people talk about giving money in ways that are unhealthy and manipulative, or maybe even shaming, even in the church. But I also think that we can't react so strongly to these experiences that we neglect to talk about money at all. Jesus talked about money all throughout the Gospels, and I think it's because he knew that the way we spend our money reveals so much about who we are and what we really value. Which is why we thought it was important to create space in worship for us to talk about money, too. So this week, we continue reading in Paul's letter. He writes in chapter 9, starting in verse 6, the point is this. The one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, oftentimes we might hear that you reap what you sow in kind of a negative way to mean that maybe what goes around comes around or, well, you get what's coming to you. But what if we were to read these words in a different way to mean that the more you put into something, the more you get out of it? Or as Pastor Emily Hull McGee at First Baptist Winston-Salem says, what if we read it to mean that the abundance of your living comes from the abundance of your giving. How might you and I not only embrace a life of giving, but a life of giving joyfully, cheerfully, thankfully, and abundantly? You know, it's interesting to me that when Paul writes, God loves a cheerful giver, the word that is translated as cheerful actually comes from the Greek word hilaron, from which we also get the word hilarious. And I love that this invitation to this kind of giving, to give thoughtfully without hesitation or coercion and joyfully, also has this gleefulness and this fun spirit to it. And I love that we had that fun spirit in worship today as we expressed all the things that we are thankful for. We can be hilarious. We can give thanks with cheerful and hilarious hearts. Now, I am in the process of buying a house. I actually close on it this week. And while I am so excited to have a place to call my own and a place to host and a space in which to welcome people, I don't know that I will be writing that check joyfully (laughs) this week. 
And really, everywhere I've turned lately, there is a new expense, there's another bill, there's an additional cost associated with buying a house. It's pretty overwhelming, as most of you, I imagine, have discovered. But unlike the begrudging way in which you and I might pay for our mortgages or our rent or credit cards or student loans, what if we were to give to God in a way that is different? What would it look like for us to give to God in a way that is truly cheerful? What if we delighted in or even laughed as we wrote that check or pulled out our debit card to give online? What if we gave as freely and wholeheartedly and as joyfully as the community at Bedford Falls pours out their bowls and buckets for George Bailey on Christmas Eve? You know, it's interesting to note that even our brain activity recognizes the joy of giving. There was a study recently at the Washington University School of Medicine, and subjects were told that they would be rewarded for participating in the study with a gift of over $100. Now, they could choose to keep the gift, or they could donate part or all of it to a range of charities. And I was encouraged to read that almost everyone who participated gave at least something. The average amount that people gave was about 40% of their money. But the researchers were particularly interested in studying the participants' brain activity in the midst of their giving, and, and they discovered some surprising differences in the neurological activity for decisions that involved simply receiving money versus giving money. So the area of the brain that would normally be activated when something positive happens to us or when we receive a reward, it lit up when the participants received money. However, when participants donated their money, the same area of the brain showed significantly greater activity, activity that even spread to other areas of the brain that were completely unaffected by simply receiving money. Researchers noted that while we may not always agree, our brains seem to suggest that the joy of being a gift's giver may eclipse that of being its recipient. Even our brains model for us the words of Jesus that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So if it's that simple, then why don't you and I always live these joyfully generous lives all the time? What is it that holds us back? Henry Nouwen says that it is sad to see that in our highly competitive and greedy world, we have lost touch with the joy of giving. We often live as if our happiness depended on having much, but I don't know anyone who is really happy because of what he or she has. True joy, he says, comes from the giving of ourselves to others. A happy life is a life that is lived for others. And you know, although we are drawn to this incredibly joyful scene at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, I think that if we were to think about the reality of where we spend the vast majority of our lives, 
We probably spend it in the ways that the town of Bedford Falls spends it, when they make the run on the bank the day that the stock market crashes, and they are grasping for money that they do not have and holding on tightly to every last penny. In this scene, the townspeople just can't understand why the bank can't just turn around and give them all the money they have in their accounts. And George graciously, graciously tries to explain the ways in which their money is supporting the whole community. It's in other people's houses. It's supporting other people's families and businesses. And it's not all at their immediate disposal. But in this mob-like mentality, people begin to shout things like, my husband hasn't worked in over a year and I need money. How am I gonna live until the bank reopens? I've got doctor bills to pay, I need cash. And yes, this may be a dramatic scene from a film set in the Great Depression, but it's not that far from the reality that we experience in 2017, is it? We do have doctor bills to pay, and mortgages, and student loans, and families to take care of, and sometimes we do lose our jobs. Money can be an incredibly stressful thing for all of us. A few years ago, we did a church-wide survey to discern some of the areas of need within Calvary. And I went back to that survey this week, and I found that the top stressor within Calvary at the time, and probably still today, is busyness. But coming in at a very second, close second was finances. And so how are you and I supposed to be cheerful givers of money when it's money that tends to stress us out? more than anything else. I think today's text offers some good suggestions for us. For instance, Paul says that each of you must give as you have made up your mind. And while this phrase may seem so simple, I think it's a good reminder for us that sometimes being able to give generously involves some planning and some forethought on our part. We can't just spend everything we want to spend and expect there to be an overflow at the end of the month with which to be generous. I would venture to guess that very few, if any of us, are able to do that. Sometimes we need to discern beforehand how God is calling us to be generous with our money so that we can actually do it. Personally, that's why I give to Calvary and to other causes that are important to me with online banking and automatic withdrawal because I know that if I don't plan ahead to give generously, I probably won't. And there are lots of different ways for us to plan to be generous. You may plan the Sundays when you are bringing your offerings as a tangible act of worship, or you may plan ahead a special end-of-the-year gift before the rush of the holidays. There's not a wrong or right way to do it, but the important thing, as we read in this text, is that we make up our minds to do it in the ways that God is calling us. And then, of course, there will be times in which a need arises that we weren't expecting, but planning ahead with our finances as best as we are able can sometimes create a little wiggle room for us to even be able to be spontaneously generous, too. But much more important than any prior planning on our part is what Paul continues to write in verse 8. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. 
so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. Friends, we read these words earlier and we said, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. But do we really believe them? More important than our careful planning is our trust. Do we place our trust in our bank account statements or do we place our trust in the God who provides all that we need? Do we set our minds on earthly things or on things that are above? Do we store up for ourselves treasures on earth or treasures in heaven? Do we trust that our God is able, that God will provide, and that with God there is always enough? Sometimes when I hear texts like these, my mind immediately goes to those very real situations where I know that there is not enough where I know that a family needs more money to pay the rent, or that we need more money to make the budget, or to feed children in our community, and the list can go on and on and on. But if the gospel message is that God has already given more than enough, for God so loved the world that he gave, then perhaps in these situations where there is lack and need and not enough, the question for us to ask ourselves isn't, why isn't God giving more? But why am I not giving more from what God has already given to me? There is a sign on the wall in the Bailey Building and Loan under a picture of George's late father. And you notice it pop up in the background in several scenes of the movie, but it's actually not readable until the scene at the bank when the town is overwhelmed by the stock market crash and George is giving away all of his honeymoon money. And the sign simply says this, all you can take with you is that which you've given away. Friends, all we can take with us is that which we give away. And so may we do so joyfully, wholeheartedly, hilariously, and abundantly from all that our good God has already given to us. Because God loves a cheerful giver. And so God, I ask that you would place on our mind and our hearts today the areas in which you are calling and inviting us to give and not to give begrudgingly, um, but to give wholeheartedly, to give joyfully. Um, God, we know that that could only come from you. On our own, we always want more and more, and on our own, there is never enough. But you are the God who says that there's a way even when you don't see a way, and that there is more than enough to go around, more wine at the wedding, more fishes in the nets, um, more food for the crowds. There is always an abundance when we trust in you. So God, help us to trust more than anything, and then help us to follow in the way of Jesus and to give, and to give, and to give. For the sake of your kingdom, 
that it might come on earth as it is in heaven. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Well, I hope you have heard today that this invitation to generosity only comes because you and I follow in the way of a generous God. And the truth is that God gave everything for us when he sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, not only to be with us, but to become one of us and to live and to die so that we might have this new life and have it abundantly. And if you would like to talk with someone more about what it means to follow Jesus, we would love to visit with you in the back of the sanctuary. Or maybe you are interested in becoming part of this community of faith as we seek to live generously together in all the ways that we can. We would love to welcome you into our church family today. And so however God is inviting you to respond, our ministers will be in the back of the sanctuary ready to visit with you and to pray with you as we continue in worship. Taste and see, taste and see. 
know about you, but one of the first memory verses that I can remember learning as a preschool child is God loveth a cheerful giver, which is the way it was stated in the King James Version. The prospect of being a cheerful giver thrilled me as a small boy, and I would proudly take my coins to church and put them in the envelope in Sunday school and do that with great, great joy. However, as we get older, sometimes, as Mary Alice has said, Giving is a little bit more difficult. It's true, isn't it, that sometimes we struggle with giving more as we actually have more. Yet in this service today, we have reframed the scripture a bit to focus on the abundance of God's goodness and the sheer pleasure that can be ours when we respond to God in the way that God has already responded to us. There's an old uh, musical written by Bill and Gloria Gaither called Alleluia. It was popular in the 1970s, and nearly every church did it in those years, and I think actually it's somewhere in our archives, and we did it back in the 70s, or you did it, I suppose. It was more or less a collection of the greatest hits by Bill and Gloria Gaither, at least the ones that had come out by that time, and each song in the musical was preceded by a testimony. There was a testimony before the song, The Longer I Serve Him, The Sweeter He Grows. And during that testimony, the person that shared the testimony, an older person, said he remembered advice given to him as a child, and the advice was, you can't outgive the Lord. When I've struggled with giving back to God what is already God's, I've often thought about that testimony from that musical and that um, word of advice, you can't outgive the Lord. It is particularly fitting today that we observe communion on this Sunday where we talk about God's abundance. Because this table is ultimately a symbol of God's generosity. Friends, this table is the table that never runs out. It's the gift that keeps giving. It's the endless supply of grace and goodness. For you see, when we partake of this meal, we are partaking of the body of Christ, the body of Christ and Christ's life-giving gift of himself. 
This is the table that also links to the heavenly banquet where Jesus himself will serve as the host, the banquet that will never end, the table around which people from all times in life and all people who have followed Christ, both those in the past and those who are yet to follow Christ, will come together. So as we come to this table today, let us come with great expectation. Bring your burdens, bring your hopes, bring your fears and your dreams. Expect grace upon grace. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord as you come today. You don't need to be a member of Calvary to participate in this meal. If you professed faith in Christ, you are welcome at this table. There are different locations around the room for you to come to, and there's a gluten-free station in the back if you'd like to go there. No one will be rushing you to the table, so take your time as you choose. As is our custom here at Calvary, we will be dipping the bread into the cup. Children, if you've not yet made a profession of faith, we invite you to come to the platform here and to receive a blessing. If you'd like to receive communion in your seat, just lift your hand and a deacon will come to you and serve you there. So today we come to this table again to remember how the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup and after dinner said, this cup is my new covenant. My blood. As often as you drink of this, do so in remembrance of me. For as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Amen. Friends, come now to the table.
grateful heart give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ is See what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God
some who are out of town for Thanksgiving, but I've also met several who have families and friends who are visiting us for Thanksgiving. We are glad that you're here, and we are especially glad that the Hogue family is back. They have been with Baylor and Maastricht all fall. Oh, you're getting an applause. <laughs> and we are so glad that your family is back and look forward to hearing about all of your adventures. Calvary, thank you for your generous giving to the Mission Waco Toy Drive, and thank you especially to our social work intern, Emily, for coordinating that. The kids did a fabulous job of delivering the toys and getting to check out the motorcycles today before worship. Another invitation to give generously is to our Samaritans Fund that we will take up today that goes toward emergent needs in our congregation and in our community. That fund is used often and it is used well, especially at this time of year. So we invite you to give to one of our deacons in the back of the sanctuary for that. And lastly, we are so looking forward to the Advent season here at Calvary. Next Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, we are having a new event, kind of consolidating some things we've done before into to an Advent Arts Festival for all ages Sunday afternoon. There will be crafts for kids. We can make Advent wreaths for our homes. There will be art projects for all ages, making cards for our seniors, a photo booth, lots of fun stuff. We really want everyone to join us, but we need you to RSVP today or tomorrow just so we know we can have enough supplies for everyone. So there's a link in your worship folder. We hope that you will RSVP, and we look forward to spending this Advent season with you. Would you please receive this benediction? Friends, may the God who calls you from this place journey with you as you go. May God delight in you with joy, bringing unimagined graces. Walk with you in darkness, shining light along your way. May God be close to you in pain, giving strength for every moment, and comfort you in fear, granting courage to be brave. May God's love surround you, may Christ's mercy astound you, and may the Spirit abound in you, so that we live in the fullness of the God who is with us always. Amen. Go in peace, live in grace, trust in the arms that will hold you. Go in peace, live in grace, trust God's love. Take bread for the journey and strength for the fight. Comfort to sleep through the night, wisdom to choose at the fork in the road, and a heart that knows a way home. Go now in peace. Amen. <laughs>